Hey guys, just finished our latest episode with Saksham, who's the co-founder of Lights Out Studio. They do great product and design work. Saksham talks a little bit about his influences in school and college that shaped him to be who he is now. I think you'll enjoy the episode. We're doing interesting work at Hushal. We're a creator economy platform. We're trying to build a LinkedIn for young adults in the creator economy. Check us out at www.hushal.in. Cool. No, this is a new episode. Uh, we're excited to have Saksham. Hi, Saksham. What's up? What's up, man? I'm excited as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm here on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm super excited. Don't worry. <laughs> In HSR layout, which he's been crying about for uh, yeah. since he's come. Yeah. 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 It's far off. Um, cool. Let's get started. So. Cool. Um, hi, Saksham. What's up? <laughs> How's it going, man? No bad, no bad. I'm here on a Sunday, so pretty pumped. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's in HSR and he's been crying about it for a while. Yeah. 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 Distances. I mean, I think if you can avoid driving, you should. If you can avoid travel, you totally should because it's not the... India is not really a rage-less well, country. You got to see our beautiful set. I know. I know, I know. No, so all of this uh, just energizes me. So once I got in, I was just very happy. Uh, but until then, finding parking and then all the first world problems, really sorry, but yeah, <laughs> got to deal with it. That's great. Um, cool. So, Saksham. Yo. We'd love to dig into your career. Awesome. Um, why don't you give us a one minute summary? I haven't done that in a while, but interesting. Yeah. So, very non-CV, right? Yeah. Like, give us the interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> give us the interesting stuff. Okay, cool. So, uh, career, I think for me began when or the construct of it began back in college uh, where I got into a bunch of extracurriculars and I just realized that this is something I enjoy more than academics so and that's that was a that was a good realization uh, for me not for my parents and uh, it just went on to uh, like it just compounded into uh, events and just like participating in a lot of things in and around town uh, so I was never into sports, so I think this was my way of compensating for. Like, what were you doing, like debates and? Yeah, this drama. was all. Yeah, this was debates, not drama. Uh, as much as I would like to believe, but I think life was giving enough, so I just didn't get into it professionally. You did an M U N where we uh, bumped into each other. We bumped into. I I have very little <laughs> recollection of that, but <laughs> yeah. you say so. Yeah, but and he gives the uh, details right. Yeah, so I mean, extracurriculars was was what gave me a little push into realizing that. Something around communication is what I want to do. And my career evolved from there to uh, wanting to do mass media and gradually realizing or rather going to a career counselor, right? And, uh, and, I, and I know you'll pick on this eventually, so I'm just giving you some fodder. So I went to a career counselor, right? A very typical test. And uh, how, how how many hours was the no, test? No, no, just just an hour, right? Like those aptitude tests we that you give. We spoke somebody before this. Oh, I can I can totally shatter the construct of career counseling in India, but uh, but maybe for another day. Yeah. But but I mean, uh, uh, I was given a test and then some aptitude tests and then some questions, psychological tests or whatever those things are, three four tests. And then at the end of it, this one lady comes to me and she's like, you have three options. You have engineering, medical and uh, management. 
बिजनेस मैनेजमेंट आई डोंट थिंक मेडिकल इज एन इंटरेस्ट एरिया फॉर यू आई एम लाइक ऑफकोर्स आई नो दैट लाइक वॉट वुड इवन गिव दैट आउट एंड देन शी लाइक ओके इंजीनियरिंग यू आर नॉट गोल बिकॉज यू सक एट मैथ्स एंड एट दैट टाइम आई वॉज प्रेपिंग फॉर आई आई टी और एटलीस्ट थिंकिंग आई वॉज प्रेपिंग फॉर आई आई टी राइट लाइक टेपिकल क्लास इलेवन क्लास ट्वेल्व यू आर प्रिपेयरिंग फॉर जे एंड ए आई ट्रिपल ई एंड एवरीथिंग एंड एंड दैट वॉज लाइक दैट इज ऑल दैट आई वॉन्टेड uh my parents to hear actually right like this guy is not going to get into engineering and so i came back and i just threw away the book i said see listen this is your result i'm not going to get into engineering and uh, from there i began she gave me management as a as a choice and my parents were very clear you're not doing media cuz it's very siloed hmm. as a profession you'll restrict yourself you'll corner yourself down so i said okay fine uh, as long as i'm not doing engineering it's a good bottle and i got into business management typically as a graduate um in graduation got into uh, a nice college in bombay i think that changed a bunch of things for me got into muns and so on there and very eventually i realized that i wanted to get into sales i mean i just didn't know sales. what what sales is but sales um i got into mba cuz i felt that if i was going to do a job right after graduation it was going to pay me really less Right. very little understanding of how the world works at that point of time you think that this is all that the world is and the decisions you're taking are great um so i got into mba right after college and i said i want to get into sales so now sales if you typically ask an inexperienced individual sales for them is hul png coca cola pepsi and so on so i'm like this is what i want to do right so i got an internship with coke hmm Uh, 3 months into that and i realized that this sucks and why did it suck because um, i i was doing pretty well but i just didn't enjoy it. like i did not enjoy mm-hmm. going out in the heat and selling coke to restaurants and pantapris do doesn't like to come to hsr layout from like but then life was very different back then i was changing three trains to reach college so mm-hmm. i was pretty much in the grind so mm-hmm. uh, so i was i was ready for it mentally prepared but i realized that that's not what i want to do and i think that's what an internship at least should do what beyond everything that you learn you should realize what you don't want to get into and that for me was a was an was a bit of an opener so i came back into my second year of mba and realized that let's do something let's explore something in b2b sales uh without getting into the details of dissecting how i got this or how i landed this job uh i got into this company called jll which was into real estate consulting uh the big name and the big estate. name but but i just knew this from the outside right because until you are in it whether you are part of jll or mastercard or barclays i mean you don't know sh- you don't know shit about it you know mm-hmm. you are just looking at it as an outsider and you're saying great name uh at a point of time i thought i would appear somewhere in brand equity within the economic times but now i'm going to be on page 2 because that's where the real estate section is right so that was just my breakdown uh got into it experientially realized that this is great uh i was enjoying real estate i was absolutely loving every single day at work because i was really good at it because it was sale and the thing that was different with this sale versus coca cola and this is someone else who made me realize this was i was selling to a social strata at par or above me and i think that's a little bit of a difference um in sales right b2b sales is very different um the work culture was great uh and i spent 4 years at jll 
and uh, also realizing the fact that as good as as I am, I do not see myself in this for the next ten years. And I knew that I had to build something on my own. While at that point of time, the construct of building something on my own was largely in and around the real estate spectrum, like get into real estate consulting or start a co-working venture or just like something or the other. So uh, I got out of GLL when I found an interesting opportunity. Found a bunch of wouldn't call them kids, guys uh, who are building a venture outside into co-working, and uh, and we just vibed really well. Spent about six months, the last six months of my GLL career with uh, with them, and uh, realized that this is what I want to do. So I got into co-working as as a founder, as a co-founder. Uh, and alongside, we started a media agency, right? Because somewhere deep down, from from those class eleven, class twelve, media wala kira was just it was there. So I said, let's 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 try advertising. If not the academia, let's try the experiential side of entrepreneurship and advertising. Um, both of these businesses is what uh, we ran together. Uh, this you asked for a minute. Sorry, I. I Got a little long, but yeah, I'm just like tapering this down. So uh, yeah, and realized that so in in two two and a half years, uh, we parted ways with the co-working venture because uh, there was a lot happening. There was a lot happening in co-working in India, and it was just like like it was competitive. It was competitive, and it was pure scale without quality, and that was the only way out. You couldn't sustain a real estate heavy business. Hmm. Without investments, so and and that was not my idea of co-working, and that was neither anyone's idea of co-working between the four of us. So we just parted with, with ways with co-working, and we retained the idea of the agency. Uh, over a period of time, the agency morphed to become a product studio because we also realized experientially that we were not great at advertising, right? Like there were dime a dozen, and we were already into product design, but it was like a dark horse that became. Like, f- give me an example of like how you realized that advertising was not your cup of tea. Because I like sales, we were able to land new clients every single time. But we weren't able to retain them because, okay, so this this gets into the truth of what advertising is a little. Advertising or social media rather, right? Let's let's bring it down to social media because that's what we were doing. We weren't doing advertising really. Social media is a FOMO-driven business. If you can create FOMO for your audience, uh, you sustain and you see another day, right? What's happening on a Friday night? On Instagram, between twenty brands, is they're trying to, uh, they're fighting for the mind share of the, their customers. So it's a very FOMO-driven business, which means that everyone's competing with. So you know the the mindset is, even if you're doing really well for a brand, uh, they would be like, you know what, our competitors doing better because yeah, one fine strategy might work a little better on social media, and we realize that that's not the game that we want to be into. So we don't want to be working. On a Thursday night, thinking Friday morning, may post kya jayega? That is why we like mindset was just not aligned. Oh, why? Oh. Because it was. What was it? Was it too much pressure? Was it like? What is it about what you do now? Clients, now you run a product design. Studio. Clients are never happy in social media. They're just never happy, and and rightly so. I'm never happy with with what's happening on on our accounts because we always feel that there's something better. better. And who's who's doing it? You, you've outsourced it to an agency, so they're going to do it. And all the blame goes on to them, even if they're working. And uh, very honestly, to scale the agency business uh, is the only way to for it to run. You can't 
uh, I mean, you have to be all over. You have to be doing a bunch of things. Uh, there are thin lines between art and management and ad and copy, you know, very thin lines. And they end up getting blurred. So we realized that this is too much of machinery to manage or automate or scale. And hence, that wasn't very fun to do. So as much as we were doing well, we were not enjoying it. The talent wasn't happy and so on. And so we realized, you know what, let's let's chop this off from our scheme of uh, studio or agency. And we morphed into a studio and we realized that the design studio is what we're really passionate about. Uh, we, were, we were still doing, but we were doing it under the, under the construct of an agency. And we gradually morphed it into a studio. So the difference in the studio mindset is... Yeah, like really break this down for, for us and everybody that's listening. And yeah, I have no is, clue what a design studio is. Yeah. Like what's the difference Give between me a, when you say an agency and like a studio? Like yeah. Explain it like we're five. So an agency, or let me start with a studio, right? A studio is something uh, that I feel is really nuanced, is hyper-focused. So we really focus on, and I'm not going to talk about lights out as much. I'm just going to give you like a more broader understanding of it. Uh, a studio should ideally be really hyper-focused, should be nuanced. You shouldn't be able to productize and scale things up, right? A studio should ideally not have under 200 people. That's not the idea of a studio because then you are losing the essence of quality, right? Imagine it to be like uh, mm. You, you're just focused on something and you do that really, really well, right? And so for us, that was product design. We did product design really well. Now, very easy to add front and back end development, very easy to add some aspects of marketing and say, you know what, this is our full package and we're going to give you, but then you're not doing justice to either. So we we felt that choosing a narrower path, reducing the what we can do within the spectrum of a business as an outsider uh, is what we want to be, is what we choose, right? That's one aspect of what is a studio. The other aspect of a studio is the relationship you have with your customers. You essentially end up becoming partners. As much as you're on the outside, you are on the outside because you bring in certain perspectives, you ask certain questions, you nudge them. Uh, that they can't do. And I'll draw some parallels on this. Say, for example, you take the best athletes in the world and you take their, you take their, uh, you take coaches who manage or, or map their mental health or mental well-being or just attitude and personality. All of those people are not athletes. Hmm. So they don't run the sprint, so they don't swim, right? Or they don't play the sport, but they are from the outside with the athlete, just channelizing their mindset. That is what a studio does. So we're not in the same business as them, even if we recommend or uh, help say consumer businesses or e-com businesses, we don't run an e-com business. So why, why should someone really come to us? Like, I mean, we should ideally not understand that. But the idea is we do not as an insider or as a player, but as a consultant, as somebody who nudges them to just think differently. That's the studio mentality. Got it. So I'm picking up on two things. Yeah. One of which is you're saying that it sounds like between an agency and a studio, the relationships that you have with your clients are just way deeper in a studio yeah. than they are with an agency. Because yeah. you're saying that, you know, they're almost like partners with us. Yeah. Maybe with an agency, it's a lot more transactional. Yeah. 
And then the second thing that you're talking about a studio is that there's an element of sort of expertise and yeah. therefore maybe there's also maybe an element of time which is slower. Do you get yes. like, is that right? Would you that say? is right. Uh, also, uh, just like building onto the first part where we work as partners, I think we are very clear in our thesis. If you come to us with a written brief, hmm. right? Can you do these three things for us? There's a very high chance that someone else will do that for you, right? Uh, we like tackling challenges. So you come to us with, an, and this is what usually happens. They come to us with challenges. Acquisition's doing great, retention's needs to stable in. Right? We need to get better with retention, or let's build a community, or let's build a new product into this, or competition is catching up, we want to build faster, or whatever that is, right? Those are challenges. And we start tackling those challenges rather than briefs, which also means that we tailor our approach to suit every customer. Um, and I categorically call them customer and not clients because I feel clients is both client and agency for me are a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a dirty word. Wow, you're really like, yeah, you're really like, you know, you're like, I'm not an agency. I don't yeah. want to do that. We've created so much content around why we're a studio because we have literally received the feedback from prospective customers we work with and talent that this is the difference that we essentially need mm. uh, to go through, to read, to understand, and that needs to be out there. Uh, we have created so much content that says, why are we an agent, why are we a studio, not an agency? And, in, and it dives into each of these aspects really well. Because I'm not saying an agency cannot prosper in terms of the field that we're in. This is just what we choose to be. Right. Saksham, so I want to go back to yeah, sure. your career. Okay. Which is, at some point you decided to get into building a business. Yeah. You've also had, like, held a job for a bit. Yeah. You know, I think I'm reminded of uh, Naval's quote, you know, where he says, uh, you can't uh, get rich by renting out your time. Yeah. Now you make several hundred thousand dollars in a year. And obviously you had like a job that paid you X yeah. amount. Yeah. What was the switch that essentially got you to say, to move to entrepreneurship? And what has been your biggest learning um, in this in this sort of journey of yours? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I could go deep. Uh, I'm going to keep it more peripheral and then yeah. you see how much you want to dive in. Uh, I think the, the reason I personally switched was I was very sure I want to work for myself. If I'm putting in the 12, 13, 15 hours a day in my job and if I'm really good at it, I can do that for my own self. And, and that was, and I think that's something that runs in every entrepreneur's mind that you want to build something, something. for yourself, right? Um as much as you uh, cliche the term, it's a very zero to one mentality. Right? You want to constantly get associated, be part of the zero to one journey, zero to one games and so on. Uh, that's one. And the second was, I think for me, the push really was a lot of inspiration and motivation around. So I was always trying to seek motivation and inspiration from outside of my industry sector comfort zone uh, and that is where there's a bit of a difference so and was there someone who sort of inspired you um, a lot of people just around right like what was happening in india i was fully aware and i felt and i related to that so whenever i met an entrepreneur even as a client back in gll i used to be really motivated by 
by their experiences, what they're going through, uh, the challenges that they tackle on a day-to-day -day basis, building teams, uh, right, taking things to market. All of those things were just inherently there. And I just realized that the answer to this is entrepreneurship. Like there's nothing else. You can rise up the ranks and become a leader within an organization and you call it an entrepreneur and so on. But it's still not your baby. And for me, that was important. And the third bit that I think was I was privileged enough to have landed a job that was really well paying. So I knew that I had a bit of a cushion for the next couple of years. And so I could I could take that leap. And had I done it any sooner, I, it would have been I would have jumped off a cliff without a parachute. Uh, and if I had done it any later, I think it would have been far later in life to, uh, you know, go through those challenges or experientially build things because mm. after a point you're, I mean, age so is, is there a right time to there make isn't. that switch? Absolutely, no. I mean, head. it's just whenever you're mentally ready. I wouldn't. Th I wouldn't say it's because how you age or how soon or fast you want to jump in. I think when you're mentally ready. I tried to get into entrepreneurship a couple of times even before this while I was working. And, and my this one felt a little bit more different? This one felt the right time. And I spoke to a few people who were guiding me at that time. And, and they were all like, you know what, the past two times that you've tried to do this, we were not very sure of either the idea of what you wanted to get into or just like how are you going to execute. But this one feels right. So just go for it. And my boss was very instrumental in pushing me. And she still remains a very good well-wisher and friend. And she just said... As much as it was a it was a loss for her in the team, and right. and she knew that, uh, I took a lot of learning from that. That as long as you can, you can look at the greater good of the individual and not the organization. Right. It's always the right decision. I mean, we've talked about this. Like, when is the right time to move? I think he seems to say some financial cushion. Number one, possibly uh, an idea whose time is probably now. Either in your head or... I don't know if you care about the ideas. I that, don't, yeah. Not yeah. so much about yeah. the idea. No, because the idea that we that I started out with didn't work. Got so it. my first venture, in all honesty, failed. It didn't seem like it because I had a cushion of the second venture that we started alongside. Right, right. So... Uh, so what are the three things then? If, if there were three things. Hmm. So I think one is... That gets someone to get there. There has to be an external factor. Uh, for me, the external factor was money. That I was financially well cushioned and for someone else it could be the absolute opposite right right you you're out of all other options financially to sustain so you get into entrepreneurship uh, and you don't even realize you get into entrepreneurship mm. so so maybe that is one the second could be and it may really differ for people actually the second could be uh, you found the right set of people to do it with if you are building it with someone, I think that's super. That's team. That's team. Yeah, that's super critical because entrepreneurship just is a lonely journey, and you yeah. need someone to, you know, rattle off yeah. the day uh, finally when it ends. Right. Uh, so I think that's the second, and I don't know if there's a third, but I think I'll just stick to these two. These two for me were were definitely really important. Is that the same with you? Yeah, Adil's great. I've met him, and I think now I'm doing hustle with like. A co-founder so i think the yeah. people is just great i would also like i think the idea will come as long as i think you're having fun hmm. i think as long as you find the right person that's great i think akash is great um i think the i also feel is, i also feel that there are a lot of people who do this individually uh if you can realize that whether or not you want to do it with someone that realization is super important like for me it was very clear i i couldn't have done this individually as much as I could shoulder most responsibilities, I just wanted to, to do it with someone. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if that was the case for you as well. 
Yeah, I think so. I actually think I'm better off, but I also think most people are better off, especially if you're doing a startup, right? Like, so yeah. I'm trying to do a venture back startup. Yeah. I just think it's really important for you to have someone who's really strong on the technical side and someone who's really strong on the business and the commercial side. It's near impossible to find the same thing in two people. Mm. And it's just a lot easier if you just have, you know, two people that have complementary skill sets that right. kind of like each other that can like get together yeah. and do that. So I yeah. think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, complimentary, yes, but also um, just like understanding, understanding the mindset. Yeah. Uh, it just needs to click. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Maybe final question before we move into uh, the rapid fire. I don't know if we told you there's a rapid fire, but there is a rapid fire. This is your Kedro moment. Okay. Um, so there'll be one. Okay. There's no hampers though. There's no hampers. Yeah, that's fine. All um, good. Yeah. We'll. Um, I will. I will bask in my ego if I win. <laughs> <laughs> we'll. Um, what we'll do is. I mean, the one question I have for you is. Like, take us back to like school and college, and tell me like, what was like? Can you think of one like visually when you think back? Is there like one pivotal moment that you had between the ages of say? 16 to like 22 23 that you think has just stayed with you that something happened someone told you mm. something you yeah. realized something and you're like yeah this has stayed i've seen a lot of the world since then but like this has stayed with me yeah uh yeah that was a very it, it's a very clear moment and a day and an evening uh because school was a bit odd and off right i was not uh either ambitious or right out there. So I was one of those, you know, very average students, uh, right, who would just be average at everything. So so school was, it, nothing shined out. Um, it was just this one evening in high school where I was, for the first time, comparing for an event, right? And I was an MC. At Father Agnel. At Father Agnel. Yeah, we went to the same school, by the way. <laughs> uh, so well, in Mumbai. Vashik, Vashik. Yeah. Uh, so, and and high school, I did the high school, I, I did my high school with, with, in extension to my school because that was the road to class 12 was there in there. And it was a very disciplined structure. So it was, it was a, would we call it missionary? It wasn't a missionary. We had a father and yeah, so Yeah. Yeah, like, know. okay, not, not, not like they wouldn't make us read the Bible, but uh, it we was. Didn't a, have, did, did we have, no, we, yeah, we did, we did. We were just one school I went to had a scripture class, but it yeah, was an right. So, yeah. so it was not, uh, mm. yeah, as cornered as 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 that. But uh, yeah, so we we used to call our principal father, and I was comparing and right off, and he was known to be a man of few words. Uh, he he still is that way, and uh, if he said something, it meant the world to anyone and so on. Right, like his words had that weight and power and so on. So uh, after the event, very randomly, and I was just like one guy for one set, and there were like five other people who were way better than me. I felt, and and that's what that they had so much more experience. It was my first time I was doing this. So I was given a really small set, and then he just in the middle of the event, it was it was some whatever farewell or some event, and he walked in and he said, uh, "That guy did really well. Let's give him a cheer." Hmm. And uh, and then I continued to do the other sets, which were ideally meant for someone else. So, so that one evening, and the next day I went to college or high school, 
the perspective was very different that everyone had towards me so i was no longer <laughs> an average kid and i was everyone was just wanting to be with me like yeah yeah come sit with us like you want to have lunch with us you know so uh so yeah so the next day i walked in to to college we used to call it junior college actually the next day we walked into college it was the attitude of everyone was really very different hmm. uh he wasn't around obviously he left way early like uh, and uh, and so you know every school or every college has this group of people you want to you ha- be hang friends out with. with yeah i was in there <laughs> <laughs> and in one day uh, just one day it just because what, what did you say i didn't say much i had never done this before publicly right. and i w- i just realized and he realized it for me hmm. that i was really good hmm. and what happened after that after that day was hmm. i was the guy who was the mc the lead mc across all of colleges events mm-hmm. i was pushed into debates and that's where my my realization that i can publicly speak well mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. i started doing it was very late but i i mean it's better late than never mm-hmm. i should have ideally done this in school mm-hmm. but uh, but maybe that uh, maybe there was a bit of a fear cuz being an average kid you're right. always fearful of what what if Yeah, we talked about this in one of our earlier episodes is like how everybody needs that one sort of uh, yeah. wind to their sails or yeah. you know yeah. or a little bit extra uh, attitude that gives them that you know that, that slightly more in, yeah. inspiring walk yeah. and i think that comes with one of these events where yeah i mean it's different it comes different come different for everybody yeah. right yeah. but it, this one was for me and 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 that and so wait what happened the next day like what changed in in just the way that it just re- i just realized that this is my passion and calling and I, and if someone was giving me credit for it i was happy cuz it was new right and uh, yeah that's where everything just kick started into conversations and i start becoming more confident with experience and so on and and that was the path to uh just realizing that a career which involved conversation uh and back in the day i would have said public speaking but it wasn't really public yeah. speaking it was just like being able to build relationships i mean that was the end goal or result or that's that that's where it culminated into into what i do now right so yeah i think that was one night that changed quite a bit that was one evening and i and i very clearly remember that like no denial and every time i i every time i met him after that even after i moved out of college i just used to say you know what you you gave me the direction that i never thought i would take right so yeah is there um, is there something in your 20s mm that you believed in that's just changed that you don't believe in right now a <laughs> lot of things uh okay i'll have to think this through if i i wouldn't look at whether something's changed or i believed in something but i feel with experience and now i'm on on the earlier side of 30s so with experience you realize that the only way to move forward is to be humble for me that wasn't the case earlier i was a little pompous i was a little arrogant i was i had that sort of a a flair in the attitude uh i think it was father ne bol diya main hero hu tu kon hai sale uh one yes 
and and it just like snowballed into a bunch of these uh, publicly gratifying instances the the reason it stemmed so so heavily in in my 20s or it weighed so heavily in my 20s was because my as i said right my schooling was very average so there was a bit of a gap that i was carrying or a baggage of that gap i was carrying into my 20s which i wanted to fulfill right so i i bloomed late across every stage and i have that realization uh so i was just trying to catch up i was just trying to fit in and and those are some things i realized a few years back maybe that that is not the way to grow and i feel so much better now that i have that realization that you need to be a bit more humble you need to be a bit more a bit more humble than you imagine you want to be right like it's not like more humble than yesterday uh how did so, that come about like was it a realization you had yourself was something that happened were you getting like a drink with a friend did someone sit you down and just say buddy look or was there something that just was yeah like how do you come to a realization humbling is an experience yeah i was it was it was a series of in- events uh when i started this venture four years back um i was i felt i was a i was an amazing entrepreneur uh i would have been in multiple areas but i sucked at leading and building teams uh so i was really bad or i or i, or I felt so or that was how i was made me uh, i mean i was made to feel that i was really bad at managing people hmm. and i felt that you know what how is this a limitation that i can't overcome right so instead of going into self introspection i became a little more arrogant you know what i'm going to be a better entrepreneur i'm going to be a better team leader whatever right like th- because at the end of the day you're managing a team uh it just kept getting worse right and uh i wasn't able to connect really well with people at that time and it was a phase that i was just not able to do that um i think how it changed was i distanced myself from managing people for a while took a bit of a break from that role and just focused on work and myself and then when i looked at it from the outside i realized that the shoes that i was in were were not the best was not the best way to go about it right what were some of the issues you saw um just like really simple stuff right like i mean how do you give feedback to someone the 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 spectrum of candor versus transparency what were you doing earlier i was i was being i was being both cuz theoretically i was reading some books that said you know radical candor but uh, but i was not really executing it well i was just you know telling them i'm going to be really honest with you what you're doing is incorrect i don't think that's the way you need to empathize with people a little more i do give credit to adil for bringing or instilling that you know gradually over a period of time uh somewhere i think uh, i also saw people around uh who were very successful yet really humble and there was the other side of the spectrum as well but uh but i just realized that that's i would want to be treated as as they are treating other people right uh you can't be taken for a ride or you can't be pushed around for sure but at the end of the day you've got to really empathize and you can do that once you are humble and you are able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and and see how they would feel so yeah and are you able to do that now maybe final question before yeah. we move into rapid fire which is are you able to do that now when something's not working are you able to because it seems very mature to essentially say i'm going to take a step back yeah i'm going to not do it and i'm then going to um introspect and then sort of approach it from a different lens or angle do you 
Can you take a step back now or do you just push harder when something's not working? I take a step back. Uh, I, I have some rules of life that I now abide by. I never take a decision at night because I feel that's you're, you're just huh? perturbed through the day and taking a decision at night is just not right. I never respond to an email instantly as happy or as angry I am. Like these are just like really those micro instances. Always, always, right? Like if someone says something uh, and it's say you've lost a customer, hmm. you don't have to react to it because there's something that will always work out, right? And it's only when you have the mental band bandwidth to f take a step back and figure what is the solution is when the solution will be really helpful or, or relevant because otherwise in the heat of the moment, you would end up taking certain decisions that are a little irrational. So I think now I've been able to do that. And I, and I do get that from people that it's, uh, who've seen me transition that it's better or, uh, or I just realized in my conversation that, yeah, I think this is going fine. And sometimes if it's not, uh, I will ask, I will say, go back to Adil or ask someone else, you know, what do you do in this case? Because you might not know everything and that's fine. It's very learned. Like you've learned this clearly, right? Like it's a deliberate sort of... I think entrepreneurship is... Practice yeah, it's practice, right? Like it, it pushes you to experience a hundred different events of varying magnitude in such a short span of time mm. that you don't have an option but to sort of like take them head on and just learn through them. That is what it does. So, and I think I just love the process. That is what I absolutely love about entrepreneurship because there is a new challenge every single day. You feel strongly about this. I went to him about two months ago and I said, you know, I have this offer from this big company and I think I should probably should consider it and like he had none of he took none of that shit like he was just like like do you remember that evening? yeah like, I do like, he's just like what are you doing man like just do it like you know you should be an entrepreneur and it is such a pure experience yeah is what you said is that I think you should do it and like these things will come so I think you yeah you're quite a messiah for entrepreneurship I wouldn't say that. Uh, you're an evangelist I'm an evangelist I would I would I would I like that term actually I would, I would I'm going to use that yeah, uh, yeah. I think people. I mean, I I wouldn't say anyone and everyone should become an entrepreneur because, hey, you know what? It's not for everyone, and not everyone has to. But if you feel that these are few things that are in place for you, and if you're mentally there, just go for it. Cool. Okay. Number five. Let's go for it. Okay, Saksham. So we did I get the name right this time? You got it right. Okay. So, uh, uh, just like we said, you always got it. I don't worry. We have a rapid fire round for you. Okay. Since you've been so good, we might actually even pop in a hamper a little later. Nice. But okay. Well, first question: If you could get dinner with any one person in this world, who would it be and why? Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Anyone in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, he is one of the most radically capitalist individuals I have met and I would just like to have dinner with him and see what it's like like he you didn't even have to think for that answer yeah you just said Donald Trump off the bat yeah like I could I could have said Naval Ravikant and so on but I think it's repetitive Donald Trump is such a I don't know he's just like so diverse sounds good okay yeah um you're investing now 
yeah. thinking you're writing checks. Um, if you could invest in one company in India, <laughs> you could acquire it. Like just the way that oh. like Elon, Elon Musk has like mm. done with Twitter. Very nice. You could just take this whole company private, it's yours to keep. Which one would you take? Try and pick an Indian company. Yeah, sure. Uh, very tough. I will have to take a bit of... This will need some thinking because... Uh, Top of your head. Hmm. I think if I can do that with any company, it would be Geo. Why? Uh, why not? Like, they have everything <laughs> that... <laughs> I mean, just imagine the news. Geo is not acquirable. Yeah, but... Uh, you know, okay, sure. Yeah. But if okay. I could, I would totally do that. Uh, yeah, you want to pick a... Give me a smaller company. Okay, you, want, a startup. you want a smaller company. Um, oh my God, this is tough. Uh, I would say, uh, for the lack of a better one right now, I would say Cred. Oh, cool. That's a good one. Okay. This was this popped right in, but I for a lot of reasons I wouldn't acquire, but then gotta be in the news man for this. Kunal, if you're watching this, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, your favorite quality in someone you're looking to hire. Ambition. How do you uh, test for that? Um I think ambition is my weak spot everywhere. If you're ambitious, you would make things work. You would figure out a way. Um, if you're ambitious, you're not going to look at the frills of what you get in a role or a, or a job. You'd rather look at what you can add value to. And it would be a win-win. How are you testing that? How, do you, how, do you, how can you tell if someone's ambitious? Yeah, so bunch of things. Uh, you understand their motivation and drivers for why they're getting into this role or a job. Uh, do they have the potential to become an entrepreneur? Because I think that's hugely important. If someone can get out of this company or, or, or a venture that I run and and b start their own, I think that's that's the biggest success rate that I can uh, you know proud, pride myself on. So some of those factors or if they've been an entrepreneur or if they have that sort of a mindset to just like think, pause and then react some of those cues and you realize this in in conversation over a period of time okay what's a great quote from either a book or a movie or a celebrity interview what have you that just lives rent free in your head yeah uh, it's with the uh, i think this is elon musk's philosophy or maybe it's borrowed from someone i don't know uh it is that life is a positive sum game it's not a zero sum game so you should always look to just put stuff out there and collaborate with people instead of competing with them. No scarcity mindset. That's yeah. what they call it. Yeah. Awesome. Is this Elon Musk? Because I feel this is Elon Musk, right? Like, I mean, things that he's doing with Tesla and, 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 and the, there's no proprietorship to anything that he does. Uh, it's all out there publicly available for people to copy. And he feels that if someone can copy, it just grows the, the sector or what he's into. Even Some if that's that maybe debatable for sure, to. but I just borrow the mindset. I'm not yeah. getting into the nuance of it, yeah. but yeah, that that's the mindset that I absolutely like, and yeah. that's what that's something that I now live by. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's validation. Great. Yeah. Cool. Last question. Okay. Slightly morbid. 
you're 93 years old right yeah. in a few years time and yeah. uh, you are uh, looking back at life and all of the different things that have happened yeah what is that one thing yeah if it happened or has already happened yeah okay so either it's already happened or it could potentially happen after 93 in the okay. future yeah that uh, you would look back and say maza aaya life was great but it has to be just one thing oh yeah um I thought you were going to ask if there was one thing you could change. Uh, yeah. You could you could add that too. Mm, uh, yeah, I think for me that one thing is always the leap of faith into entrepreneurship. I don't think there was a better decision than that. And whatever happens from here, I would take it very gracefully. I would be happy to fail, uh, really happy to succeed. But uh, I think if I wouldn't have given it a shot, I would have felt incomplete. and if there was one thing i could change i think that would be getting into sports back in school because <laughs> i feel sports is a mindset right. that's mine too like you know i, yeah. I we i i grew up in nigeria and uh, one of the reasons i moved to india was uh, to play cricket yeah oh wow and not that i was any good at it in nigeria either right uh, but uh, i feel like if i had actually done something maybe i would have gotten a good ipl contract so i actually like uh, yeah i don't know if i wanted to build a career into it but i definitely wanted yeah. yeah i wanted to get very active in sports and i just did not think that through back in school so i would i would totally change that cool do you have uh... any final thoughts questions do you have uh, comments for us like uh, what's what's in your head now no i think this was great uh very i haven't done this in a while um so the ability you're, to be you're a podcast expert you're talking to podcast like uh, virgin like do you think we did decent <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you guys did really well uh because you were able to int- like yeah i mean i'm not getting to <laughs> you guys did really well yeah i i i thoroughly enjoyed this uh i think my next level strain with we're just moving around but <laughs> but, uh, but yeah no totally love this uh, it brings out things that you don't often speak to yourself about i feel so yeah i think we should do more podcasts i mean like the world should do more podcasts that's true cool beans thank All you right. thank you awesome Thanks,